Okay, Work Positive Nation, yes or no? Conventional human resource management systems need revolutionizing or at least some innovation. Yes? Just so you know, 72% of teams say they struggle with communication. One day a week is lost due to poor communication. $12,506 is lost annually per employee due to poor communication. Now do you understand why yes is the right answer? My guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast said yes also, and that led him to join Human Intelligence as CEO. He is revolutionizing productivity, motivation, and employee retention while making it accessible to all. Think of his work as human connection for better collaboration. Companies like Walgreens, United Healthcare, Siemens, and even Southwest Airlines have found immense value in his work. And you can too. So listen up, lean in, and learn more on yet another episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome my new best friend and soon to be yours, Juan Betancourt. Juan, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, man. I am ecstatic to have you on. Thanks for having me here today, Dr. Joey. Oh, my pleasure, Juan. My pleasure. So give us your elevator pitch for human intelligence, because I am absolutely intrigued with what you guys do. Yeah, so I've always been a person who wanted to connect with other humans, um, given my multicultural background, my name. Um, mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to fit in. And, and I took that not only personally, but also professionally. And I became really good at everything from hiring, putting teams together, leading. I ended up speaking five languages like English, because I lived 20 years outside the U.S. and really integrated locally to these mm-hmm. different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to build a company that could bring that ability of connection to everyone at scale. And so when the world went remote and hybrid, collaboration went down and, you know, team performance went down, agility went down. And so we took an old world concept called personality test, which everybody on this uh, listening group has probably taken mm-hmm. a Myers-Briggs, a predictive index, a strain finders, a disc, et cetera. Sure. Um, I found a wonderful tool that measures behaviors, motivators, and work styles in 10 minutes. Nobody can measure that in an hour. So it's Mm. one of the best tools out there. And I built a software platform that's integrated into Microsoft Teams, Outlook, Zoom, Cisco, WebEx, Slack, so that you could give a personality test to 5,000 people on Monday morning, and all the results are now on the cloud so that, let's say Dr. Joey is an executive I'm writing to, I write an email, and with AI, I push a button. And the email gets rewritten for Joey the way that Joey likes to read and work and communicate. I go into a virtual meeting and the virtual meeting on the side column will actually tell me how to manage a meeting that, for example, everyone in this meeting is deliberate. You're the only decisive person. So don't push too hard on moving from agenda item to agenda item or call on Mary, but she's shy and reflective. She won't feel like she's included. So all of these great insights that typically you get in a one one and done personality test workshop that costs thousands of dollars. We sell for a buck per person per month, like the price of coffee 
for large enterprises and um, kind of like Grammarly, which surfaces insights about grammar, we're just surfing in insights about people's preferences of how to communicate and work better together. I call it the happiness platform because it makes everyone at work more engaged, more happy, and it reduces friction uh, throughout organizations. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. By the way, just for full transparency, I've been an MBTI administrator for 30 plus years. So I'm digging. Oh, so you this. know this too well. Yeah. So imagine 5,000 people who've never been certified using DISC and MBTI, all those insights in any email, any day, any meeting, any virtual meeting, 5,000 people in a day. That would take hundreds of years to get people that up and running in any other existing tool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's mass customization, really, for communication. It is. It's, <laughs> I can use that. <laughs> Thank you for our next, <laughs> next tagline. <laughs> I'm speaking your language now, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it, it's the first scalable personalization tool that you layer on top of your existing uh, collaboration platforms. Because all these big companies, which our clients include Coca-Cola, Venture, BASF, United Healthcare, Baptist Health, so every industry... They already have invested millions of dollars in Microsoft Teams, Outlook, and and Zoom and Slack. Imagine a plug-in extension they just turn on, and now all of these are flowing per person across all these platforms. That's absolutely amazing because then it feels like you're talking directly to me. It it's almost like you've been reading Correct. my mail, right? And and so you know how to Correct. You know how to talk to me in a way that I can relate to. Now Communication is typically where teams break down, right? I mean, what are the numbers? 72% of leaders, 72% of leaders believe that they have, they are challenged in their team of communicating, not just boss to team, but cross team. So team dynamics is the biggest existential crisis today at mm -hmm. large corporations because we are more, more remote and hybrid and distributed. And that makes that communication flow even harder. Mm hmm. Yeah, there, there's so many hurdles that we have to get over in order to understand each other. I, I remember Kersey and Bates wrote a book years ago called Please Understand Me, and it was mm. rooted in MBTI. So what you've done is you've taken Please Understand Me and really jet fueled it right on in. We, we, we made it a software tool with AI. Wow, absolutely incredible. So let's talk about how we can create a positive work culture using human intelligence. Um, the first thing that we're struggling with today, and, and you hear it all the time, I hear it all the time as well, Juan, is attracting top talent. How, how do I attract, well, sometimes it's any talent, right? <laughs> but how do I attract top talent today? So talk to us about how we can use mass customization for communication to attract top talent to our culture. Yeah, so I want to give several answers. Um, Okay. I have about four or five on this topic. Wow. Um, first is sourcing people, right? They don't just show up and knock on your door. It's really <laughs> competitive now mm. because everyone's hybrid, remote and distributed. Someone in Miami can now get a job anywhere in the country. And so companies are now competing for that talent and it's very competitive. So I think whether if it's an executive, I think headhunters and executive search consultants is a great way of sourcing great talent. Mm. Um, if it's more mid-level management or high turnover roles, using all the job boards like LinkedIn and, and ZipRecruiter and these others, I think in the job descriptions, there's a lot of mistakes made where people keep it generic and broad and high level. Yeah. The more detail and what you put into that job description, the more 
exactly you'll get out of it. And so people should be more specific and not just describe the job, but describe the career path that you're joining. Because any great employee isn't looking for a job, they're looking for a career. And most job descriptions are written only for the job and it doesn't describe what it could lead to. So I think these are all tips around how to source um, and then job descriptions that will track the right applicants. And I think after that, um, what you communicate to these applicants when you're interviewing them or communicating with them, uh, if you give them a personality test like human intelligence or any of the other ones, mm-hmm. you actually will know how to communicate better with them. So if you really want to land in a more uh, impactful, resonating way or message, use a psychometric tool to not only understand how that person will fit in your culture, on your team, in your organization, or for a role, but also use those insights on how to personalize your 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 outreach and communication to them. Mm-hmm. But some of the 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 things you should just uh, to them is people join teams, not jobs. And so you should explain to them and let them meet as many people as possible in the team that they're going to work with. If you have an A plus team, have them meet all A plus players. Right. Um, if you don't have an A plus team and they're all horrible, then when you they don't meet those people, they're going to assume that they're not good. And so <laughs> yeah. letting them get exposure to the team and hiring a good team will bring on more top players. Two, the culture. You should explain to to individuals what. The culture is, and I don't mean, you know, that we have 80% of people who would recommend this to a friend, like not temperament studies. Mm. I'm talking uh, describing whether it's a a work from home or at office culture, whether um, it's a data-driven culture, whether, um, you know, you believe in building people and developing them versus just, you know, sales only and and Mm. anywhere in between. Whatever qualitative description, do that. And that's what most companies do. And they have the four values on the wall. But you should also show them data. A tool like human intelligence can map out true culture with data, not people's perceptions. And Mm. the bigger the company there is, the more it is top down a projection of what leaders want. A tool like human intelligence, even with 5,000 people, will describe the culture in terms of what are the behaviors, the motivators, and the work styles of the finance organization, of those 80 people, of Mm. the sales organization, which is going to be very different than the culture of the finance group, of the marketing organization. What is the culture of this Starbucks 10 baristas in Hialeah, Florida, near Miami, versus the barista store in Battery Park, New York City? Mm. Same job, same store, same company, completely different cultures. A tool like human intelligence will show the actual culture you have, not the the four values website culture. So that's right. really important in a try a player because they know that the, the you know, a players want to reduce risk showing yeah. with data, the culture of the team, the organization and the function they're joining will reduce risk for them. And they'll know that they fit there or not with data, not someone's words. We've and all met data, the people who join a company. I, I was just going to say that data is right? driven around behavior. So how are you measuring behavior and, and values okay. and work styles? Okay. So all how three are, of those things are important. They are. They really are three legs of the same stool. I'm intrigued with the behavior piece because that's something that we talk about a lot here on the podcast and something I do a lot in my coaching and consulting business. Um, do I self-report my behavior? Do you have no, 360 so, so, reviews? How, how does correct. that work? So it's not self-reporting. That would be like an MBTI, which isn't very uh, scientifically uh, right. validated because people just say what they want to be. And sure. it's not 360. But- it's validated in that the questions ask you to force rank answers, at least the human intelligence one. And I think Hogan and Lominger as well, where you're not picking from a list, you're force ranking answers. And the output that says, for example, within behaviors, I'm deliberate versus decisive. 
neither of those options are even in the questionnaire. So nobody knows that those are outputs of the test. And so it's not really self-picking. You're just answering questions that leads to an output that describes your behaviors, describes your work oh, styles, describes your motivators. Um, and it. so that, if you aggregate it for a group of five people, a team, a hundred people, a function, or a thousand or 10,000 people, an entire company, mm-hmm. you actually bottom up for the first time ever have true culture of that part of the organization. Mm. And that is key for correct hiring. And we mm. we would reduce turnover by 30 and 40% at our clients uh, wow. with that tool. And then the leadership has its set of culture KPIs, which they're after to see up and down and all around throughout the organization. How do you give description to that based on the human intelligence assessments? Human intelligence, well then you, you map those kind of high level C-suite values. Mm-hmm. Our tool will show the gap between those values and every team and every part of the organization. So you get a dashboard as a company and see where your green, yellow, and red for any part of the company and any team on how they map or don't map to the overall arching culture of the company. Mm -hmm. And then every person gets a roadmap of how they can change their behavior to be more aligned with that overall arching uh, corporate culture. Mm. And therein grows the belonging and becoming aspects because I want to belong when I see how my daily tasks fit into the overall company mission. So correct, root it there. And, and then the becoming is I see where I am in this particular subset of behaviors for the culture KPIs. Now let's put together a professional development plan for me to be able to move forward and grow in these areas. Correct. And one thing that's also happening is large companies are now realizing that they might want to move away from having this overarching four values. Because at the end of the day, if you made everyone fit that, usually yeah. the companies will fail. Because when they start to see the data they have, they'll realize that the values and behaviors of accountants and finance people in FP&A and accounting and finance right. are completely different than the culture you would have in marketing. And so with data, actually companies are now moving away from this whole we have one culture around the world with company. It, it's actually, it's like the U S the U S if you go to Seattle, it's a very different culture and energy than New York city, than Idaho, than Southern California, than Miami. That's what makes America great. Mm. If everyone had to be in way, which some political parties are trying to make it that way, mm. people are miserable. There's no difference between that and a company. And so with the companies never had the data before human intelligence, because companies, what they were confusing culture with was temperament studies saying how many people are happy and recommend this to a friend, how many people are miserable. That's what makes a place a great place to work. That's complete baloney. It's a lot of money spent. It is not going to do you if you have as consultants, curious people who are consultative in nature and are data-driven and who not articulate concepts, right? Mm. Just because everyone's happy doesn't mean you're going to be aligning with strategy. Um, Tools like human intelligence will become the culture management, the culture measurement uh, platforms. Wow. Juan Betancourt is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Everything we just talked about helps attract top talent. And everything we just talked about, Juan, helps reduce team turnover, doesn't it? Correct. So yeah, there's there's a couple other things just to throw out in terms of attracting top talent. Okay, you have to com- you have to compete compensation. You don't have to pay the highest numbers, but if you're a median, all these other things we talked about—a great team, um, a great culture—can make up for the lack and the gap in you know just paying the top amount of money possible. Um, however, for permits, you should be able to give people long-term equity or wealth creation. 
That is definitely how you attract top talent. People are not looking for a job and a paycheck. They're looking for building something with you in a role, in a career, and that should lead to long-term wealth creation. You should also have third-party credibility because both you, the leader who's hiring, as well as you can all say great things about the company. But a lot of people don't trust that because it's all from within the company. Mm. Third-party credibility sources, whether it be articles, awards, customers, demonstrate those things to to applicants, um, as well as big picture vision. The CEO or the hiring manager should show a vision to where the group, if you're doing product development or finance, or the company is headed, because people want to be on winning teams. They don't want to be on the the team that wins that season and then loses every year after that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the vision of why this company is innovating or going to be around 10 years from now, why this is the horse to bet on with their career and their future. Those are other aspects for attracting top talent. Mm, and those same keys are in play when we're reducing team turnover because we attracted them well. We understand the consistencies in culture. We understand the uniqueness that they bring to rounding this team out and helping it perform at peak performance, right? And so when that's happening, my becoming and belonging are incredibly high. So of course I want to stay with this company. Correct. All of those things working together, reduce attrition, and keep employees longer it's absolutely and and there's a there's a few other things um development right you know any person who's a star player wants to be developed and they don't want to be stagnant in one job with one set of knowledge Mm. Um, we were talking earlier about how you're driven by curiosity most star players are driven by curiosity and they want to grow self-development professional development so Mm. every leader should be sitting down with these a players and charting a course to their next job and the job after that. Mm. At Prong Gamble, where I worked for my first five years, mm. you would sit down and chart your career, a 15 career, four levels up and what you need to do, whether it was skills development, job development, role development, country, because they would always move you every three years if you're in the brand management. And you would mm. plot 15 years out in a spreadsheet. We didn't have cool software then, but you knew if you performed, you, you knew how to get to 15 years out. I'm not saying today people should do the 15-year career plan. Uh, I don't think people stay that long anymore. But you definitely should be planning with your star players their next role and the role after that so they have clarity and vision to where that is. Most people leave a company because they get a job that's their next step, and they didn't know that was available internally. You will keep half of those people who leave just by doing this walkthrough of a roadmap of their career. Mm. That's also really important to keep star players. So what are some of the challenges that you see out there today, Juan, in the marketplace in terms of challenging, keeping, attracting these top players? Yeah, I think a lot of people get busy as leaders of teams and and subordinates. And so they're not taking the time to check in. Everyone's just so focused on the numbers (laughs) and hitting, you know, the, the sales figures or the criteria, the metrics or the KPIs. They're losing sight that there's a human being that's working for them and their company. Mm. And so I do something really simple. I think every leader in the world should do this. Um, Instead of jumping on my, and and first you should have the weekly calls. A lot of people also get so busy, they stop doing the weekly calls. Oh, they're self-sufficient. They're going to go do it. I don't need to talk to them for two weeks. No, no, you do. Like the the whole, oh, well, just because they're performing, don't need to talk to them is the wrong, that's not good management. Good management is every week doing a team call with everybody on the call, everyone talking about what they're working on, what their Mm -hmm. challenges are. Mm. make it real. Everybody goes five, six minutes. So 10 people could be an hour. Mm. And then a one-on-one with every subordinate. And yeah, if you have 10 people, that's 30 minutes times 10. That's like, you know, three, four hours of meetings. 
But man, that will keep people longer and people yeah. aren't taking the time because that's management, that's leadership. And in that call, here's the suggestion I have for everyone. Before you jump into, hey, what's your challenge this week? Or tell me you're on update. Before you get to that, what if that person, that subordinate, that A player had a death in the family or had an injury and they love running or playing softball or volleyball or baseball. Now they can't play for the next six months mm. um, or having a challenge with their child. You just got kicked out of a, a, a school. Mm. If you just go straight into the work part of it, they're going to be miserable and they're not going to be focused and they won't achieve that week. They won't achieve the next week. And that goes on every single week because by the way, we all have personal challenges. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. No perfect life. It's like a sine cosine graph <laughs> to be able to catch the low slumps of that sine cosine graph mm. and not just always assume people are in the high. The first question you have every weekly meeting is, what's your mood meter on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being it's the best day of your life, zero being the worst of your life. What number are you? Mm. And it's not, they might say, oh, is that regarding work or personal? It doesn't matter. What is your vibration right now? And I can can assure you over 30 years, I have saved 30% of my employees did not leave because I caught some horrible situation before Mm. it got bad. And not only was I able to hear them out as to some personal thing or some work challenge, Mm. I could then focus those 30 minutes on resolving it and helping them. And that's human connection. That's true leadership and management. It's not only looking at numbers, but it's treating people as humans. Because when your best friend calls you with a problem, you drop everything and you're there to help them. And work, you spend 40 to 60 hours at work. That Those people should also present the same sounding board for you. Yeah, 70% of our waking hours, in fact, are spent at work. So we're leaving exactly. so much on the table there when we leave out that human dynamic. So, but Juan, it's, <laughs> I'm hearing in my head, these people that I've had similar conversations with, you know, they're saying like, but Dr. Joey, so I'll say, but Juan, numbers are easier to work with. People are messy. I mean, I'm going to sit down and ask a mood meter question. What am I supposed to say if they say like, I'm a zero, my life's in the crapper. You just follow the thread and you put on your human side. And when someone says they're a zero out of 10, I'm feeling miserable today. Ask them why. Is it personal? Do you want to talk about it? Do you feel comfortable talking about it? Holding space is the most powerful thing you can do to engage with someone. Mm -hmm. And if you can't hold space, listen and get to what is driving pain in someone else's vibration, you shouldn't be a leader. And if you don't, if one doesn't like doing that, they should not be a leader because that is what leadership is. Oh, I love that concept of holding space. So it's not that I got to have the answers to whatever the person's problem is. I'm expressing concern as one human Correct. to another and just basically saying, how's it going? Right. Okay. And, and sometimes, half the times, you probably won't have a solution, but you just listen to them. They got it off their chest and it's now that negative energy vibrations outside of them. Mm. They can now focus that week. Right. Mm. Um, and they're not holding it back. And, and if you see them pissed off or walking the hallway with a frown, they're not thinking, oh, gosh, now my boss is going to think that I'm not happy or that I'm pissed off. Like now everybody understands, OK, well, you know, they're having a bad week. That's OK. Like they're still getting mm. the job done. They're still working. Mm. It happens to all of us. And then maybe half the time you do have a solution. You might suggest something and then you hero boss. Yeah, who doesn't want a- an opportunity to be the hero boss. Mm. So you're you're celebrating when life's great, and at those other times you're just taking out the garbage. And it's not that you have to process Correct. the garbage necessarily. You're just helping that person. Here, here's the yeah, can. And, and you just we're going to move it you on. You just mentioned there's two sides. There's also when someone says I'm a ten today, you're like oh why you've always been a seven every week. Yeah. They're like 
my daughter just got engaged and we were so worried that she would never ever get engaged with this guy yeah and then you can ask them about when's the wedding what's the planning like and they're gonna glow it multiplies and imagine that positive energy transforming or moving into the flow of their work that day in the next Mm. week Mm. Mm. but if it's bundled inside and they can't share it yeah and you don't give them the space to share it they might think oh i don't want to talk about my daughter's wedding and her engagement because people are gonna think that i'm bringing something personal open invite people to 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 engage i mean this all fosters trust yes and there's nothing more powerful at a company than trust especially the bigger the companies they are trust actually is like inverse proportional to size Absolutely. this is something that at a boss suborner level every week if it's happening across twenty thousand employees will make a large, massive company feel like a family to everyone. Oh, so regardless of how big it is, it feels small. And you're multiplying joy. That that's you're the thing multiplying that I joy. Love. That that cannot be bad. And you don't, <laughs> don't need to pay people for that. How many wellness and 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 comp and bend programs around giving money or more material gifts to employees? That does not move the needle over time. Mm. The human just guy. like you can't take happiness to your death and material things to your death right those things have minimal impact in the day-to-day motivation of employees mm-hmm. um human connection is the most powerful vibration and source of energy for all employees mm-hmm. and so we're putting the human back in human resources aren't we one one Betcourt is my guest on this episode of the work positive podcast one Tell us about how we can get in touch with you. How can we learn more about human intelligence? Yeah, so people can uh, either go to our website at www.humanintelligence.com, cut out the I-N in the middle of those two words, or just write to me at Juan at humanintelligence.com, and I'd happy to to respond and or set up a meeting if it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense after listening to you today, buddy. And those uh, two things, the website, as well as his email address are in the show notes. So if you're on the Peloton or walking the dog or something while you're listening, (laughs) no problem. We got you covered. Just go right there and click. So Work Positive Nation always wants to know from my guest, Juan Betancourt, this one thing. So what's your one thing, Juan Betancourt? What can Work Positive Nation do today? One thing, just start creating a positive work culture. I think ask every week in your one-on-one with your subordinate, what their mood meter is zero to 10 and take it from there. And remember, you're just receiving that number and asking what's driving that number. You're not solving a problem, right? Bingo. Hmm. Exactly. Beautiful. Juan Betancourt. I love you, brother. Thank you for being on. This has been an amazing conversation. Work positive nation. You're going to want to go back and listen to this over and over and over because there's so much wonderful gold in this mind shaft today. And go to humanintelligence.com. Reach out to Juan at humanintelligence.com. You'll be glad you did. You'll be thanking yourself later. Juan, you're amazing, man. Thanks for putting the human in human resources and for our connection today with Work Positive Nation. Thanks so much, Joey. I'm only a reflection like a mirror of the people in front of me, so it's all you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about 
and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.